Lord, I would like to for you to turn your attention to Hosea, the 10th chapter. We'll be reading verses 9 through 13. Hosea, the 10th chapter, verses 9 through 13. You can say amen. Amen. If you have it, say amen. I'll read verse 9, you read 10, and so on. Amen. O Israel, thou hast sinned from the days of Gibeon. There, there they stood the battle in Gibeon against the children of iniquity did not overtake them. It is in my desire that I should chastise them, and the people shall be gathered against them, when they shall bind themselves in their two furrows. And Ephraim is one, is, I'm sorry, and Ephraim is as a heifer that is taught and loved to tread upon the fair neck. I will make Ephraim to rise. Judah shall plow, and Jacob shall break the cloth. So to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Ye have plowed wickedness, ye have reaped iniquity, ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou didst trust in thy ways, in the multitude of thy mighty men. Bow your heads all over the building. Amen. Most Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus, we bind every spirit of hindrance right now. We come against every attack on the mind and the children of the children of God right now. We bind every spirit that's sent from the enemy, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, every slowful spirit, God. Oh God, every mean and evil spirit. Every sick spirit, God, we come against it right now. We plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Conduce this atmosphere ready to receive God's word. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the hearers today. That we all may become doers of the word of God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, cause our spirit to come forth right now. Oh God, and minister to your people, Lord. In the name of Jesus, prepare us for the time that we're living in and prepare us for the time to come. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those, oh God, that may be sick and those, oh God, that may be absent, oh God. Those that have gone cold, God. Those that are backslidden in their hearts, God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to break the bread of life this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, give your man sir, clarity of thought, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. The subject this morning will be coming from verse 12. 
The subject is break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow ground. There comes a time that God often sends instruction. Because God has a desire to do something for the individual. I don't know if you knew it or not or whether you're even conscious of it. We need a revival. We need to be renewed. We are running off of strength of yesterday. And for many, we're running out of strength. We're in a time now where the church, the people in the church don't realize who the enemy is. All because of the time that we're in. Because sin has increased. And the devil had increased his work but the saints have diminished in strength you cannot fight when you're weak you cannot put up a good fight when your faith is failing you you must be able to put on strength what does it mean when we talk about fallow ground According to the Bible, the fallow ground is an expression that means do not sow your seed among thorns. Break off your evil habits. Cleanse your heart from the weed in order that ye may be prepared for the seeds of righteousness. When you look at the church, uh, we're under the impression that God is going to do it all. We're under the impression that God is going to keep us. Can I be the first to go on record? He's only going to keep you if you want to be kept. God has not kidnapped anybody. Look out there in the world about the various people that you know that used to want to be saved more than anything else. But now you have to understand your part. And I must understand my part. We've got to break up the ground. If we're going to grow in righteousness, we must break up the ground. If we're going to produce righteous seeds, we must break up the ground. If we're going to uh, be a righteous plant in the kingdom of God. We must clear away things 
that will suck all the energy out of us. We must suck, clear away everything that was going to be, that's going to inhibit your growth. But see, a lot of times we're not thinking about this. We're supposed to move things and people out of our way that's going to keep us from growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we heap them to ourselves. And I wonder why can't we have the same relationship that we had with God weeks, months, and years ago. Because we have let our grounds become hard and become overgrown with the cares of this life. Oh, church, it, I, I know it's not easy now to look at yourself. Uh, a lot of times it makes it easier on us when we're able to look at others rather than to look at ourselves. And then we start to compare ourselves by others. We come up with phrases like, at least I'm not. Like so-and-so. But I come to ask you this morning, are you more like Jesus than you were yesterday? Are you more like Jesus since you've been saved? Here the writer is telling the saints of God, you've got to break up your coldness that you have allowed to come in your heart. You've got to break up that evilness, that anger, that frustration uh, that you have sown in your heart. And I come to tell you and come to remind you, God is not going to do that. Uh, you are going to have to do that yourself. Uh, remember when God began to talk about salvation. He began to tell the nation of Israel, you think it is the foreskin of your flesh, but you've got to circumcise your heart. You've got to get all that stuff away from around your heart. And I want you to know God didn't do it from them. And he's not going to do it for you. There are some things that you must learn how to do for yourself. Here it is a picture of a gardener. And I wish that we would have done like I planned this year for us to have a church garden but which never really got off the ground but you will be able to see the message so clearly first thing you got to do if you're going to be a harvester of the ground first thing you got to do is break up the ground you can't plant a seed and expect it to grow in a hard ground. I come to tell you, you may have the Holy Ghost, but you can't expect it to grow anywhere. 
You cannot expect the Holy Ghost to grow in a hard ground. You got to break up that ground. Hallelujah to God. You got to get the weeds out of the way because weeds grow faster than grain. Weeds grow faster than vegetables. It'll pull all the nourishment out of the ground. That's why you got to go out there and get those various kinds of roots out of the soil because they'll come back and take over the ground. And one thing that they do, they will suck all of the water, the hydration that the fruit needs out of the soil. And you will be complaining. Why are my fruit not growing? Or why are they small? I've been putting the time in. Some of you have been faithful to the church. But you haven't been faithful to God. You've been coming. But you're still not growing. Because you've got weeds in your life. They're sucking all the spiritual nutrients out of the fruit which is the Holy Ghost that is supposed to grow in all of our life. You have you noticed you will get mad at everybody but the devil. Hallelujah to God. I got a few of them with me. We don't realize we're not changing for the better. We are changing for the worse. When we begin to look at what was it that God was trying to get us to see. We're just like farmers over here. I don't know if you realize a lot of the biblical analogies that are in the Word of God concerning the children of God. It is based on farming. Hallelujah to God. You got to put some work in if you want a good crop. Do I have anybody in here that have realized this life ain't easy as you thought when you first got saved. You thought you was over here and God was going to do everything and you was going to have to do nothing. Hallelujah to God. When we begin to see 
Just like the farmer, we must prepare our ground for the fruit. Have you ever wondered when you look at the fruit of the Spirit why you can't produce love, joy, and peace? Is something wrong with your soil? Something wrong with where you have allowed the Holy Ghost to be planted in. You're just hard, hard hearted. What about what Jesus said when he was giving them the analogy of the ground? I believe it was in Matthew. Some was placed in stony ground. Some were placed in dry ground. But the ground was not conducive for nothing to grow. And they died. I come to remind you. Or let me ask you the question. Do you want the Holy Ghost and still die in your sin? I can't answer it for you. You've got to answer it for yourself. You spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. And you're still dying. There's no joy. There's no peace. Where is the peace that God promised he'd give you that will pass all understanding? And it is the fruit of the Holy Ghost. You got more devil fruits than you got God. And you're not concerned. You need to break up your fallow ground. Hallelujah. Most of us have gotten comfortable living amongst thorns. And Jesus told us that they will choke the life out of a child of God. You don't care who's around you now. You don't care who your buddy is. And they're choking the life out of you. And you don't care. But I've got a word to tell you this morning. Break up your fallow ground. The ground you in is what's killing you. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. You got to clear your weed or your field of the weeds. 
There's so many different kinds of weeds. I wish we could talk about them this morning. You got Johnson grass that actually look like corn while it's growing. But hallelujah, won't no corn get on your Johnson grass. Do I have anybody this morning? The reason why you don't pull weeds when they small because they look like vegetables. You gotta wait until there is a distinction. But I come to tell you a whole lot of us have got all kinds of distinctions but we still letting the weeds grow and hindering our walk with God. Hallelujah. It's time to till it up. Dig it up. And get rid of it. By the roots. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. A whole lot of us don't realize what the word of God is for. It's to root up and to tear down. And when God get on our case, we get in our attitude. That should show you that you need to repent. Have you ever thought about you mad now of the same word that was sent to save you? The same word that was sent to deliver you? The same word that was sent to keep you? You used to rejoice over. Now you're mad over the word of God all because you have allowed yourself to be hardened by the devil. Hallelujah. You need to repent. You need a good old fashioned altar crying out before God. And the reason why saints don't change is because they don't repent. I come to tell you why you be used by the devil. Haven't you read? God and the devil is not going to occupy the same space. I wish I had somebody. Look at the book of Jeremiah. Four and three. He gives the same message. Break up your fallow ground. And sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourself. To the Lord. 
and take away the foreskin of your heart. I come to remind you, is this not God's kingdom? Is this not where God called you to be in his kingdom? If you don't want to be here, God is not going to hold anybody captive that don't want to be in the kingdom of God. That's why he tells Hosea to tell them to sow for yourselves righteousness. If you want to receive mercy, break up your foul ground. What is God saying? If you want mercy from me, you've got to do this. In order to get that, God has put a condition on mine and your relationship before him. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, God is going to do what he is going to do to sinners. You're no longer classified as a saint of God. Hallelujah. So the writer here is asking the people to deal up your ground. Break up your fallow ground for the rain is coming. Hallelujah. He's trying to prepare the folks. God is getting ready to make a move. And you've got to determine whose side are you really on. I told you about being a food inspector. But a lot of times, we want to inspect other folks' fruit. Let's go to your garden, baby. And let's see what's growing in your garden. Because God is getting ready to judge you about what's going on in your garden. Do I have a church? Hallelujah. That's why you don't have to worry about what look like somebody's getting away with. I come to remind you, ain't nobody getting away with nothing. Every preacher, every teacher, every apostle, every prophet, every regular saint is going to be judged. Do I have anybody out there? Hallelujah. The Lord's going to rain in righteousness upon you. And if you ain't right, it's going to be a sad day for you. Haven't you noticed when righteousness comes, sin must be dealt with. Uh, uh, hallelujah.
you to God. In Joshua, the third chapter, the verse is number five. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. We don't want to sanctify ourselves no more. We want to blame Tom, Dick, and Harry and everybody else for us not taking the time and pull ourselves together. I come to ask you, did Tom, Dick, or Harry, did they die for you? Did Tom, Dick, or Harry shed any blood for you? Hallelujah to God. When you look at it, you got to sanctify yourself. But I want you to notice something. Joshua isn't talking about next week. Joshua is not talking about next year. Joshua's was said for tomorrow. I come to tell somebody what God is getting ready to do. He's going to do quickly. Hallelujah to God. For tomorrow you call him Lord. You call him Savior. You call him Redeemer. But I call him Judge. For tomorrow the Judge is coming before you. Hallelujah to God. For tomorrow the judge will do wonders the judge he's going to say guilty or not guilty but let me go on record just in case your mind is playing with you this morning you know what you did hallelujah to God it remind me of a movie that was out some time ago the subject was you know what you did last summer hallelujah to God I come to tell you God don't let saints forget quickly the things that they do do I have a church he plays it over and over in our minds trying to get us to come before him just to say Lord I see what I did and ask for forgiveness of what we did hallelujah hallelujah to God 
But a lot of us have got stuff piled on top of piles, on top of piles, on top of piles, on top of piles, because we're blaming somebody else. Hallelujah to God. You got to look at yourself more than you look at others. Let me finish the scripture. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. We don't think nothing about the Lord making a visitation in the earth coming down walking about the earth looking for faith looking for believers looking for the sanctified looking for the holy we don't care nothing about God making a visitation anymore. Shame on you. We think the devil is the only one to visit the saint. We need to prepare for the Lord because he walketh about the earth. The Bible says he sitteth on the circle of the earth. If he can sit down on the circle, sure he can walk about. Have you ever noticed God haven't changed. If he could come down with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day, he said, I am the Lord and I change not. What you need is not far from you. They've got gardening and horticulture to an art now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll tell you certain things will grow in this kind of soil and certain things won't grow in this kind of soil. Can I tell you? Saints don't grow everywhere. Saints don't grow at the nightclub. Saints don't grow at the liquor store. Some grounds are not conducive for a saint to strive in. Saints don't grow in all this stuff that sinners do. Anything that the Bible is against as a child of God, you need to study because that's where you won't grow. You get to come every summer kind of every condition. You don't want a plant is not healthy. Leaves dry up. And some of you drying up and then dried up and you don't even care. Don't flourish. No energy. No life. What happened? 
You're not dead. You're supposed to be a lively stone in the house of God. You're dead. Can I, can I quote my past? Twice dead and plucked up by the roots. This is not a good indictment for us. The ground is hard and dry. Can I tell you? The water is four inches down, Robert. And if you is too lazy to dig four inches down to survive, you won't have a revival. Four inches down is life. walking around what we need. Have you noticed? God don't give you what you want. He gives you what you need. God has never told you he will give your life full of give your life full of popsicles. He will give you what you need. If you hard and mean, you need a hard word. Nobody patting you on the back. You need somebody to tell you how low down you are. God restores. God renews and he rebuilds. Your renewal and your rebuilding is going to come from God. So why pull back from God? Have you noticed you're pulling back? You're not going forward. Let me let me let me be plain. Just you staying at home when you ought to be at church. I can stay at home. Pray. What the devil told you that lie? You don't have to take church serious no more. When did God give you a pass? Let me see it. God have not given you are listening to a wrong voice. You're doing some of Eve nonsense. Who told you that? A lot of saints right now are listening to the voice of the enemy. You pray, but ain't nothing happening. You need a house-shaking prayer meeting. It's going to shake up the whole house until you can see what's in your heart. What's in your heart? Do you want a deeper relationship with God? Do you really want to receive from God? You do know God don't talk to nobody that's dirty. You do know God don't talk to nobody that's stiff-necked. Do you know that God don't deal with folks that are evil? Because God made a difference between the clean and the unclean. But we're gravitating more toward the unclean than we are the clean. You got to get the ground ready in a position to receive. Yes, yes. And you've got to know what you're sowing. 
Holy Ghost. And the only seed that's supposed to be left in you is the Holy Ghost. And you know what the fruit of the Spirit is. You know where to find it in the Bible. But you won't compare your life to what the Bible says about your fruit. You're going on on your own unpernicious way. It's not God's way. We are pursuing our righteousness rather than God's righteousness. And we're sowing some of everything. Galatians 6 and 7. Do not be deceived. God is not marked for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now think about what you plant. Think about what you're allowing to come out of you as a child of God. Ain't no okra going to come out of you. It's what's in you that you're planning is going to come out. You mean as a two-headed snake, no wonder everybody you run into is going to be snapping and biting at you. You sold that God said, I got to make sure you get it. Ezra, the 7th chapter, verses 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. You seeking God, and the Bible talks about people that have, are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You brag about the words you get here, but you act like you can't handle it. Ever learning. Want everybody to teach or love the word, got it on CD, got it on cassette, but can't grow. CDs, booming is biz, booming business here. Where are the fruits of the spirit that we're supposed to be getting from the word of God? I know it's a sharp reality. I wouldn't call to play with you. We got to remove the weed. And get the complete nourishment from the word of God. You notice this. Have you noticed this? If you sick or weak, you really need nourishment. You can't survive on sugar and soda water. You need some protein. You need uh, 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 all the amino acids. And everything to have a balanced chemical reaction in your body. Let me tell us in Isaiah the 45th chapter verse 8. Open up, O heavens, and pour out righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up Together, I, the Lord, created them. 
God ain't looking to let his saints die. Choose your side. We prepare for a whole lot of things. We're preparing for the winter right now. Preparing, preparing for vacation sometime two or three years in advance. This evening when some of us get off, we're going to get our outfit ready for tomorrow. Because we're already preparing to go back to work. Why can't we prepare for salvation? It's a shame that we have spent all of our time in the church and can't See it when we're out walking among sinners and at home. This ain't just about shouting hallelujah and praising God. The word is supposed to cause us to change us in, or to change us rather into the image of God and his dear son. What kind of reflections are you getting from you? Are you bored and don't you don't have interest? Believe that lie. I grew up, I dealt with a generation, and they swear that they were bored and bored. But can I be real with you? The devil played them like a secondhand sin. The ones that didn't sell crack became crack addicts. He gave them more than what they bargained for. To the point most of them haven't gotten their lives together just yet. Most of them played church. And I haven't seen any fruits where they still ain't playing yet. They churched hop. You know why folks church hop? So when one congregation find out what they really is, they ain't got nothing. Then they jump to another church to show that they ain't got nothing. When they get over there, they find that they ain't got nothing. They hop to another church. Church hoppers. Just hop around the church, but never get in. Never get in. Never get in. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever thought about that? Never get in. A lot of folks is happy coming around the church, but they don't want to change. What in the world that's in your heart that you could love more than God? More than. You love me more than thee? Peter, would you love me more than these? Sammy, would you love them more than these? Larry, would you, what do you love more than God? One writer of Philio states that Hosea means what sort of person is this? You mean to tell me God would choose somebody with a name like that and get ready to talk to his people. Hmm. 
One writer says Hosea's name means salvation. We know very little about this prophet. So it shows, it points out the matter that you and me are not really important. It's the word that is important. They say uh, he was he prophesied against the northern kingdom from some time. He married an adulteress. He married a prostitute. It signifies God's relation with the nation of Israel. You find that in the first three chapters. God told him to go and marry a harlot. God told him to go and marry somebody that sleeps around to show Israel just how nasty, low down, and dirty they were. You know, can you imagine? They spent a whole lot of time talking about Hosea, but they didn't spend the time talking about themselves. What are you doing that really didn't please God that he allowed you to see in somebody else? The book demonstrates the grief of God of his continual love for a rebellious people. You may be rebellious, but God still loves you. He's given you a chance to get it together. Don't confuse that with a free pass to sin. Don't confuse that with it's okay, my God. Israel was in its peak of its power when God began to deal with them. Israel was one of the most powerful nations in the eastern Mediterranean during that time. They conquered Syria. And they had pushed their boundaries. And there, in the time of Solomon, Israel was the wealthiest nation upon the planet. You see, sometimes just because you're getting your blessing, you think God is saying that's all right. But you, it's a shame, and I used to wonder, and I used to marvel at things when, when, when Pastor Golda used to point out, saying, just because you got a little bit more money than you had last year, ain't no sense in forgetting God. Because God allowed you to get the raise. Ain't no sense because you riding in a better car than you did a few years ago. Ain't no sense in getting your head and shoulders above the rest. It was God that allowed you, allowed you to get the credit because you never did go down there and pay cash. It is the Lord's mercy. And sometimes we forget our breath are in our nostrils and it's only there because God didn't call it back. I wish I had a church. So we, 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 we get confused. But God did tell Israel, when you get your blessings and when you get all this stuff, you're going to walk away from me. What did he tell you about it? You keep hollering, bless me, bless me, bless me, Lord. But you didn't ask God to keep you, keep you, keep you. So you are in a possible situation. You are, have allowed yourself 
to turn from God because God has blessed you. In the book of Isaiah, there are some marvelous passages and lucid saying for instruction. Like he said, I will allure her. I will betroth you to me forever. Now who don't want God to be with them forever? That's the whole point. I guess that's why you're here this morning. If you came here to make me miserable, you're disappointing. You should be here to get the nutrients of God's word. That's the only reason why you should be here to go in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So why are you here? You my people, and they all should say, my God. Are you calling him your God? Or is the better question, is he your God? The more they increase, the more they sin against me. Wait a minute. Think about this. Have your bank account increased lately? And you acting funny toward God? Have they increased your SSI check and your retirement check and you acting funny and won't show up before God? The old church would say, your belly ain't meeting your backbones and all your bills are paid and are you acting funny toward your God? Don't, didn't you hear Job when he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You don't act funny because you get blessed. You should act gracious and really honor and praise God. Then he makes a statement. Like people, like priests. You can't say that. You can't say that. I haven't showed none of you how to shortchange God. You can't say that. I haven't shown none of you how to pretend like you say. You can't say that. I haven't shown none of you how to come up missing no matter what your situation is. You can't say that. He said, I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offering and they will seek my faith. God said, I'm leaving. Until you acknowledge and turn. I ain't doing it. God ain't coming back. He says, come and let us return to the Lord for he has torn and but he will heal us now the lord cut you up tore you it's gonna take him to heal you he has striken he the one hit you but he will bind you up now look at god discipline here and you blaming the devil After two days, he will revive us. 
you don't want the revival. You find the reason out whether there's a reason in. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know and let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. And he will come to us like the rain. Like the latter rain and the former rain upon the earth. Israel relied on that time because that's when the crops was planted. in the lives of the saints that are established by God. Think I'm lying? Ecclesiastes revealed that. I believe it's the third chapter. There's a time and a season for every purpose under the heaven. He says, for I desire not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burn offering. The knowledge of God. What you doing with your knowledge of God? There's some things you know about God and it's going to be detrimental to your soul. There's some things you know about God. Because God has taught you on a personal level. God done pulled you out of more pits than what you really did. Excellent. You were about, you were about to commit spiritual suicide. And can I be explicit? And some of us turned back for one more drink and one more smoke. And God didn't tell it all. We turned back, but God extended his hand and pulled us back out. Don't, don't play me. Don't play me. Don't play me. You got back in for, for before a whole lot of folks knew you out. Amen. And then you don't know. And you blaming everybody. If you can you couldn't trust you while you was out there unsaved. Oh, you find somebody. Oh, hold this twenty dollars for me. I don't want to get broke. You couldn't trust you with all your money because you know you. And now you're over here like you trust you. Don't, don't, don't trust you. I'm not worried about Wally. I'm worried about trusting me. You make a statement about you. I can't trust me as far as I can throw me. They make glad their wickedness. Look at you now. They did not cry out to me with their heart. Wait a minute. God know when you just make it work. God know when you just say, feel good saying. He know you ain't even got down there to the sentiments of your heart. You're hollering good Lord and good devil at the same time. Have you ever had one of them flashbacks and you caught yourself grinning about what you did? That was you coming back. If you would have kept entertaining, you would have went right back out there and did that. 
And you can't make me believe that you didn't enjoy some of that sin you were in. You may not want to pay for it, but you sure enjoyed it. Everybody loves shoot, shoot, bang, bang until the police come. Amen. And then got nerve to be crying in court. What you crying for? I saw the video. You were happy. Shoot, shoot, bang, bang. And you're going to cry in court. But that's why I'm trying to get you from crying in court. When God comes, you won't have to cry because you'll have it cleaned up. Ephraim also did like silly doves without sin. 